Welcome to Chapels from Rosedale Bible College. Thanks for joining our community for weekly chapels recorded on our campus in Rosedale, Ohio. We hope you are challenged and inspired by what you hear. Enjoy. I am blessed to be here. I've shared some of my story of how I ended up at Rosedale with some of you, but I spent 30 years at Honda in manufacturing, and the Lord opened up the doors for me to come here, and, and I've been renewed. I, I feel, honestly, I feel your age inside. I'm so, I get to hang out with you guys, and you are truly a blessing, so most of you. <laughs> Jaron knows what I'm talking about. He knows I love him. I, I appreciate the, the opportunity to banter, to interact, to be ourselves with each other. And uh, we all are fearfully and wonderfully made, right? So we're going to continue our series in Ephesians. Um, we in chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. Um, what I want to do this morning is, uh, first of all, thank Ken for that hymn. We talked this morning about what, what hymn would be, and it ended with... My Redeemer, my friend. And it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And, and our verses, and, and Paul continues to share that, that mantra with us here as we look at chapter 2. Um, so what I want to do is uh, just read it. So everybody stand up. You've got to stand up when we read Scripture, right? So this is Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. Therefore... Remember that formerly you were who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision that done in the body by the hands of men. Remember that at that time you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once who are far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Lord, thank you for your word. Amen. Have a seat. A lot of deep stuff in there. 
Tonight that we read the word, I want to uh, pray and ask God to open up our hearts and our mind as, as Matthew has already started with his prayer to uh, invite him to be with us, to uh, be intimate with us and desire him for him to be intimate with us. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for RBC. Thank you for the opportunity to be here and each one that is here. I ask you, Lord, to please fill us with uh, the knowledge of your will through all the wisdom and understanding that your Holy Spirit gives, that we may live a lives in a way that is honoring and pleasing to you. May we bear fruit in the work you give us as we grow in understanding what it means to be your workmanship created in Christ Jesus. May we grow in our knowledge of you, dear Lord, being strengthened with all power according to your glorious might so that we may have great endurance and patience, always being joyful and thanking you. For in you we are qualified to share in the inheritance of the holy people in the kingdom of light. Thank you, Jesus, that you have rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into your kingdom. For it is through you and by you and for you that we are redeemed and forgiven of our sins. Bless us and be with us here this morning. Come, Jesus. Amen. I had down here smile. I got to smile. Sometimes I get so focused, I forget that my wife says, you got to smile. And she says, Rick, remember, you're not preaching a sermon. But hey, I am preaching a sermon, so it's okay. And I promise we'll be done by noon. So we're going to continue in our series on, in Ephesians. Um, I want to just take a few moments to reflect on where we've been so far in uh, chapter 1 and the first half of chapter 2. Bill started out in uh, chapter 1, verses uh, 1 through 14, and, and a couple of things I, I really took away from, from this talk was the emphasis of the Trinitarian nature of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in the verses today, we'll again see the thrice holy God that we love and adore and are able to have fellowship with through the Lord Jesus. Because it is Christocentric. It's one of those academic words. I didn't come from academia, so it's nice to learn these academic words. So it's all centered around Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Right? And then thirdly... Um, I like what he said about it. It's, it's, some say it's a, it's a reworking of Colossians, because Colossians is one of my favorite books. And if you guys have visited the prayer corner yet, you'll notice the Colossians 1, 9 through 14 is the prayer for the saints. Paul begins a lot of his books with a prayer for those that he is writing to. And, uh, and we're going to do that again today. But the prayer I prayed for us in the beginning was from Colossians 1 which is very similar to the one that, that uh, shared with us in Philippians. But it, and, uh, it goes, that we may praise God who has, and then he listed out all these things that God has given us. Wow, it's real quickly. Blessed us in the heavenly realms, chose us in him before the creation of the world, predestined us for adoption through Christ Jesus, lavished us with his grace, made known to us the mystery of his will, 
Man, we could just sit and bathe in that for a while. Think about who Jesus is and what he's done. Amazing. Amazing. Then Jeff spoke about, uh, in, in verses 15 through 23, uh, he reinforced the Trinity. And uh, in the midst of his prayer for those in, in, of faith, it says in verse 17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. The word wisdom seems to be resonating. I, I know, I know in, in uh, the RDA as, as we get together and pray together for you guys and with each other each week. Uh, wisdom is something that uh, seems to be a desire. I think God desires us to have wisdom, but it's understanding that wisdom comes from him and inviting him to be with us as we seek that. And one thing Jeff said, he spoke about knowing God better in your inner being. Sometimes we don't feel close to God, right? We get caught up in the hustle and bustle and everything that's going on, and we don't realize that Jesus invites us to be with him every moment of every day. Right? There's a, I shared with Psalms 8, it says, Who is man that thou art mindful of him, the son of man that you love him? Uh, what I take away from that verse uh, is that Jesus has the capacity to love every one of us completely all the time. I can't grasp that. But he has that capability. He has that ability to be totally aware of every aspect of who we are completely. And because of that, he's asking us, invite me to be with you because I am being mindful of you and I, my desire is for you to be mindful of my presence in all that I am and all that you're doing. In times praying for one another, I really appreciated what, what Jeff did with regard to taking the time at the end. And we'll come back to that because, uh, you know, when something good happens, you kind of want to repeat it, right? Then Matthew, I, I, I appreciate Matthew, I, I, the story that he shared with Zurich, uh, the, the friend in Zurich. Um, I appreciate Matthew's openness to listen and embrace where others are. That's a gift that he has. I, I desire that gift. That's only one that, that I really have to ask the Lord to help me with that because I get caught up in the moment. I get so focused on, on the doing part. I, I sometimes forget about the being part, so I, I appreciate that. And, and, and Matthew's a, an example of, of he embraces and exemplifies what he shared from the Scripture with regard to God's love for us. You know that we are made alive in Christ. We are raised up in Christ. We are seated with him in the heavenlies. We have been expressed kindness in Christ Jesus. We are God's handiwork created in Christ. And I, I liked how he shared uh, Henry Nouwen's story uh, with the questions you know, from the return of the prodigal. Um, the from, where it says, how am I to find, to know, and love God? Two, how am I to let myself be known, be found, and be loved by God? God commends his love for us in that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Are we aware that 
we are being found by Christ and we need to open ourselves up to the reality of that. Have faith in who he is. And that's what it's all about. You shared a personal salvation, right? The whole aspect of 2, 8 through 10, you know. For our grace, you've been saved through faith, not only yourself, it's a gift of God, not of works. At least any man should boast. For you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Prepared to the works he prepared for us to do. So that's kind of where we've been up to this point. And now we come to the verses 11 through 22. And just kind of wanted to lay the groundwork there. And in these verses, I, I want us to, uh, as we look at these, the scripture, um, as we read the word and examine the word, I ask that you allow the word to examine you. Right? Second Timothy 3, all scripture it's given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man, woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We just finished up what? Created for his workmanship. So we created to do good work. So the word helps us to understand how to live into that and how to do that. And one of my favorite scriptures, Hebrews 4.12, the word is living and acted and sharpening two-edged sword, penetrates to dividing soul and spirit, Joint and marrow, it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Wow. Why wouldn't we want to get into Scripture? Ooh, I don't know if I want my thoughts and attitudes judged <laughs> sometimes, right? So that's why I ask you as we, as we journey through this this morning that you allow the Word to examine you. As we, t- as we go through the verses, what is it saying? What's God speaking to you? What's his spirit impressing on your spirit? So in verses, um, well, overall, so overall there's, there's three points. You know, it's, uh, it's verses 11 through 13. It's, it's the nature of reconciliation. You know, people on earth are alienated, right? We live in a world of, man. I won't go down that path, but yeah, we know all there's all kinds of tension and you know, dynamics and things going on in the world. But God brought these two people together. In the context, there's the, the Jews and the Gentiles, and there's a lot of biblical stuff in there. There's a lot of theological dynamics, that's, and that's why you're taking the Bible courses to understand and peel back all those layers of what all that dynamic was. But I want us to focus on the fact that the process of this reconciliation was that God took those two people who were alienated from each other and didn't focus, have them focus on each other. They had them focus on him. And then by focusing on him, they were, became fellow citizens of the kingdom. All right. So verses 11 through 13, um, the horizontal Reconciliation is dependent on the vertical reconciliation. Is Jesus at the center of who you are and what you do? Have you invited him to be the Lord of your life? Have you invited him to um, examine your heart through the word, through the the spirit, to um, do that? So in 2 Corinthians 5, 
I'm, I'm color coded. I thought that was so. Five sixteen. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, right? So we're talking about the Jews and the Gentiles as from a worldly point of view. But now in Second Corinthians, again, Paul is saying, do not regard from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do not do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against him, and he was committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore God's ambassadors. As though God were speaking, were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we may be made known the righteousness of God. Reconciliation, it's all throughout Scripture. Colossians, again, the parallels between Colossians and, and, and Romans, and this is one of those cases in uh, Colossians 1, 17 through uh, 20. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, through whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. The reconciliation of the Jews and the Gentiles, the reconciliation of, of, of all of the world, is centered on Christ. So what does it mean to be reconciled? And how you go about being reconciled? Do you have any relationships that you're inter interacting with that there's a little bit of tension? No. You know, everyone gets along. We all hold hands and sing kumbaya and everything's wonderful, right? No, maybe not. Then verses 14 through 18. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one. So it goes through this process. Is, and uh, thus making peace in, in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the one who will give the, your peace, what does it say? That will give him perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. There's a dynamic of your relationship with Jesus as you invite him to be in you and with you. There's that peace that passes all understanding that will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. In Philippians Four. It says, uh, "Peace of God, which transcends all understanding," and it gives you that list of verses eight through twelve. What are those things you're supposed to think, brothers, sisters? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, 
think on these things. So what is the most true and noble thing you can think of? Jesus. Right? He is the foundation of who we are. The power of the cross is real. It is the most real thing there is. We live in a world of facades and, and shadows and all kinds of things else. There is nothing more real than the power of the life, death, burial, and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. We've got to invite that reality to be with us every moment of every day. Are we always going to be aware of that? No, because we've got to live life. We, we, can't, we don't have that capacity. But like I mentioned er, earlier, Jesus does, does have that capacity. So invite him to be with us in the midst of everything that we do. Created one new man out of two. Why We can't do that. So the focus is, if Jesus is at the focus, then he becomes the center of what it is we're thinking and how we're thinking it. Do we all need to agree on everything? Of course not. We're not going to. We're all, we're all made a little bit different. We all have our quirkiness, right? And that's the gifts that he's given us is about being part of, the, part of the body. But it's being focused on being who you are in the context of your relationship with Jesus. The focus is on who they are in Christ. Again, we go, we'll go the parallel from, from Colossians in 2 verses uh, 6 through 12. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. Rooted and built up in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies which depend on human traditions and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. For it is Christ all the fullness of deity dwells in a bodily, bodily form. He is ahead over every power and authority. There's the old saying, if you don't know what you stand for, you fall for anything. Right? And, and what it's saying here, don't be captive to the hollow philosophies of the things that's going on in the world. Trust in the living word, Jesus, through the written word that he's given us. And be sensitive to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life so you can make those understand what you believe and why. What's it say? Be able to give the reason for the hope that is within you, but do it with grace and compassion and sensitivity. We need to be bold in who we are in Christ, but we need to be aware of, how, Lord, how do you want me to go about interacting with those that you brought into my life? With fellow believers, we encourage one another. Let us not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. Well, let us encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. And then how do we do that with those who don't believe? We've got to share the gospel, right? We've got to share the good news that uh, Jesus came and died for our sins, right? And then there's a reality of, of sharing that truth of the gospel with others who do not know Jesus that creates the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to work in and through the dynamics of sharing that truth that would quicken their spirit to that truth. I don't understand how it works. But I know that's something he's called us to do. He's called us to do, you know, be as real with Jesus as you can. And, and one thing I've noticed, uh, especially over the last couple of years, is I've become more comfortable talking to others about Jesus. Je others become more comfortable with me talking about Jesus. 
I got a buddy from back home, uh, grew up together, played sports together, did a lot of other things together. Uh, but the Lord kind of opened up the doors for us to get to uh, start playing golf to, this summer. Uh, doesn't know Jesus. He's open. He's listening. Uh, his daughter is a believer, and uh, we've prayed for him with each other, but we haven't prayed with him at this point. Um, but that's one person that God has laid on my heart to connect with and just be myself. And uh, he was open and willing to listen. But God, God is at work. I don't understand how all that works, but I'm just sharing my heart, and he's open and willing to be sensitive to who I am and who God has made me to be. So I, I share all that in the context that it's, um, it's God who does the reconciling, and it's done through faith in Christ, and it's done through being aware, of being awakened of what he has done for us. Again, sharing the gospel. Um, wife and I were talking this morning, and you know, I, got my, I love my wife. She's a prayer warrior, and anyway, she was praying for me this morning, and she said, Rick, don't be nervous. It's just a bunch of kids. No, no she didn't say that, but you are a bunch of kids. So. But she was sharing a story of her sister, who lives right in Plain City, and um, she was painting her windows, uh, the frames, and a lady walked by, and they were just chatting and, you know, having a conversation. And, and the lady uh, kept on walking. But then she turned around, and she came back. And she says, can I pray for you? And Jen said, well, of course. And Jen said that was the most overwhelming, uh, I don't know, I can't use words. She felt such a peace because of, the, of that moment where someone took the opportunity to respond to how God was prompting her to come back and pray for Jen. And through the conversation earlier, Jen had shared some things, and the lady was praying specifically for those things Jen had shared with her. How often is God prompting us to do something. We are his workmanship and created in Christ Jesus to do good works. What better thing can you do than to pray for someone, to pray with someone, invite Jesus to be with you in that moment. So what are the consequences of this, this reconciliation? You know, we are, we are fellow citizens with God's people. Right? If, if you know Jesus, you're, you're part of the kingdom. Right? And, and again, it, it's one old... I, I grew up in West Virginia, and there's, there's some good old boys down there that if, if you didn't present the gospel and offer, have an altar call at every service, you, you, you weren't doing what you were supposed to be doing. Uh, I'm not going to do that. But I do ask you to examine your heart. Allow the scripture this morning to examine your heart. Are you truly, truly reconciled to Christ? Have you truly invited him to be the Lord of your life? Is he truly, do you truly embrace the grace that he has so freely given to us through his life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension? Embrace that. Dwell on that. What does the, what does the Bible say? Meditate day and night that you may 
observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Success and pro- being prosperous begins with a relationship with Jesus because he is the one who can help you understand what it truly means to be alive. What, is, what does John say? Then this is eternal life, that you may know the one true God and Jesus Christ he has sent. Wow. We have eternal life in Christ. It talks about being built up on the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. If you look at uh, the dynamics of a cornerstone, that's the first stone that's laid, and everything else is put in place based on how that cornerstone is laid. He is the foundation of who we are. Do we truly understand what it means to allow him to be the cornerstone of our lives? So be reconciled to God, to be a conduit of his love and grace, so we can reconcile others to God. How do we do that? So what I want to do is is, uh, spend the last few minutes praying for and with each other. Um, Part of what we do back in the corner, in in our prayer corner, and I I encourage you to put your uh, prayer request up on the wall. We've got sticky notes and pens back there. But what I want to do this morning is similar to what uh, Jeff did at the end of chapel in his time, is offer you time to just get with a couple of your buddies or someone who's God lays on your heart that, that, boy, I really haven't talked to this person, but I feel like kind of, I just want to encourage them. I just want to support them. So I want to pray for us. Here are the sheets. Here are the pens. And then after you finish up praying, you'll be free to go. But uh, let's pray. Gracious, gracious Lord Jesus, we uh, thank you for being the living word. Thank you that uh, you came and lived among us. You died and rose again, and you are seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. And we thank you that your spirit is testifying with our spirit that we are yours and that uh, we can look into your word and know that that word is living and active, that it is and has the ability to change us, to be more like you. Lord, we desire to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we renew our mind, Lord, by opening up our spirit to you. And I pray, Lord, as we spend time praying for and with each other, here we come uh, part of who we are and what we do day by day. That as we feel the prompting of your spirit to, to pray for or with someone, that we would be responding to that, we'd be open to that. Lord, I thank you for this campus. I thank you for Rosedale Bible College, a place where we are not studying the Bible to be studying the Bible to know it, but to learn what it means to be yours and then take the truth of your word and help us to be more like you and to share you in a world that desperately needs you. We just thank you and praise you in your precious and holy name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please share so others can benefit from it as well. And be sure to check out our other podcasts at rosedale.edu slash podcasts.